This is Everton supporter Alan Brody. The only thing lower than Everton fans right now, Big Sam's balls. You're listening to the DU Football Show. And yet somehow, Southampton still lower than that. Well, I was just about to say, <laughs> actually, goal difference is somehow keeping you on top. Yeah, I somehow 19th place. At least until a hat trick of free kicks next week. Yay. I'm so happy. <laughs> Let's start the show. Born in the land of Bowie, Maryland. Bred to be a fan of fucking Everton. Punch you in the eye and drink your rye. Sam Houston. Sam Houston? Arsenal fans have another Sam. Right day, the fucking Gooner Graham. Smell the Lord. Looks great in shorts. Sam Grammy. Sam Graham. Hello and welcome to the DU Football Show, a completely biased recap of the English Premier League is told by two common American schmucks. I am your host, Sam Houston, who won't have a Premier League team much longer. And across the way from me, sitting high on the table, flying high, living, living and loving life, my co-host, Mr. Samuel Graham. I already know how you're doing, so I'm not fucking asking. <laughs> doing very well. <laughs> Thank you very much. Yeah, you don't say. I do uh, quickly want to know who you're going to support for this show's purposes uh, once Everton do get relegated. My balls. <laughs> Are you going to support your balls? I will support Apparently, my balls. Apparently, according to Brody, they're also being relegated because <laughs> they're lower than Everton. Yeah, yeah, you know, but uh, no. Well, that also then means Southampton's still <laughs> relegated too. Can't, uh, like I, like I, I said, think they are. Like I said for Bournemouth, can't play Everton every week now, can you? <laughs> <laughs> We're recording at the DU Public House just outside the nation's capital. You can check us out on all podcast platforms. Please be sure to rate, subscribe, review, and share with a footballing friend. Should you want to chat with us, there is many ways that you can. Mr. Graham, tell the good people how they can get in touch. Of course. It is at DU Football Show on all the social medias and DU Football Show at gmail.com to get in touch via email. Of course, uh, if you are so inclined, which is where most of the hashtag bans happen, make sure you try to join Drunkard United FC, our closed group on Facebook. That's where a lot of the dank memes and fun shit housing stories get shared. Yeah, no. No. not I was, good. No. I was going to say that. Got trying to, to appeal him. to the kids. Oh, and look at that! <clears throat> Every person watching on Twitch just logged off. <laughs> just, I uh, just didn't know. No, what? that no, the dank memes that doesn't work. <laughs> if you're not watching on video right now, what uh, Mr. Graham just got was is he said that in the same time we're like a little triangle sitting in here. Both Melissa and I just both turned and looked and went. Defa, don't do that. No. Defa, no. no. Uh, I was just and, trying to appeal to the kids. And uh, seven o'clock Mondays, we're gonna keep trying to do this live thing and yep. keep them to a schedule. And we do have people that join us in the chats. And Taylor has a comment. Yes. Uh, if Arsenal finish at the top of the table and Everton finishes twentieth, will they in fact be slips? Yeah. Mm. Spit roasting the rest of the league. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Taking them to Paris, as we say. Yeah. The old Eiffel Tower. The old Eiffel Tower. The problem is, is we're the weak side. <laughs> yeah. And Strong side, weak side. Strong it, side, weak side. And it's a crumbling. I mean, um, it's looking like Villa's going to finish right in the middle. So, uh, yeah, actually, yeah. this sounds about right. Uh, that's sounds- for D. 
DU After Dark, children. Sounds DU like After two Dark. Saturdays ago for us. A uh, couple of big shout outs real quick. Um, <laughs> uh, shout out to everybody with uh, the uh, Leeds Baltimore up at uh, Barflies. Uh, yes. Myself and producer Mel went up to watch the Villa Leeds match with all of them. Met a couple of... Uh, I had a great time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you did. <laughs> met, met a couple of people um, uh, kind of new to the Premier League, new to enjoying Leeds as a club, and uh, told them to come check us out because what we do is kind of cover everything, and uh, we're, we're, we're great for that. That's, you know, we're not going to... We're not going to completely dominate it on one team. We're going to talk about the entire league. So now, I had a question, a, a question about that experience. <clears throat> were they mostly kind of calm and collected sitting there watching the game, or were they, you know, like a typical bar in Baltimore in the 90s and everybody was just sprinting around with cocaine flowing through their systems <laughs> after snorting it off of the, the – uh, the, the toilet seat there, the yeah. No, no, no. It was because that's of how a... Leeds played. Yes, yes. It was very much like a 1993 Baltimore dive bar yeah. patron. Yeah, that was kind of mild, actually. <laughs> yeah, it was great. It was a great time. It was everybody. just all over the fucking place. That team, everybody was fantastic and yeah. ton, a ton of fun to talk to. And go, also, I want to go back again. That was a good time. Um, big <laughs> switching big allegiances. Shout out. What? what they just got really good pizza, dude. Oh, do they? Oh, phenomenal pizza. Huh. So one more, one more uh, quick shout out also to uh, one Mr. Ryan Williams of the American Toffee Podcast who uh, took time out of what was a pretty horrific day on Saturday, uh, and he had to record his show before he came and talked with us. So just having to relive the bullshit that has been Everton um, and did a little emergency pod with us that's already up. Uh, I'll say now we're going to talk about the Everton-Southampton match. We are not going to get too deep into what's going on at Everton because, frankly, we did it that Saturday. It deserved its own show, and we don't <clears throat> we just don't want it to fucking go on and on and on and end up this being a, a three-hour show because I just start going off about Everton. So. Well, really, from my perspective, Everton don't deserve their own show. Uh but they even less so deserve to bog down our podcast. <laughs> yeah, very fair. <laughs> so we did an unadulterated hour where I just kind of poked you two and let you riff. <laughs> and and it, it worked. It was very good. It was yeah. very, very good. Uh, the, the one line, uh, if you don't want to listen to the full hour to find it, the one line is, you know you're doing something wrong when Arsenal supporters are happy that Stan Kroenke is their owner. Oh. That's the joke I'll give you. Sam and myself both work in the wine and spirit industry and both have a deep, passionate love for all things distilled spirits. So as the red-blooded Americans we are, we vow to have a drink in our hand throughout this show and every single show. Mr. Graham, Whiskey Advocate's top 20 list continues. And i got to say, I've already had a few sips of this one. It is a fucking dandy. Yes, it is. Uh, it rolls on to number 16 here. This is the Bushmills 12-year-old. There you go, right Here, there. I'll hold it up while oh, you. I'll, I'll be your Vanna while you. I appreciate uh, that. Be Pat. Yeah, there the we go. The old Sajak. Sajak Tottenham for three points. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it comes in at 80 proof. It should run you roughly 60 bucks on the shelf. Again, as we always say every week, 
Um, you have to remember that this <laughs> list comes out and you get an extra 10, 15, 20 bucks on the shelf usually. Um, uh, for I, will, a lot of those bottles. I will say this is readily available. I see it in almost every liquor store I go into. Yeah. So it should be closer should to be 60 bucks than to 60. Yep, absolutely. I know I paid 60 for it. I paid exactly SRP. Uh, so the panel rated them at a 93. It is an Irish single malt whiskey, of course. And your blurb this week comes from Johnny McCormick. Uh, layering a Marsala wine cask finish over Irish single malts, matured in bourbon and Oloroso sherry casks, unleashes a visceral, full-bodied Bushmills into its core range. A dynamic juxtaposition from the easy drinking of the honey sweet 10-year-old, master blender Alex Thomas serves up a magnificently sturdy dram primed with dark sweet delights. Mm-hmm. I like this guy right <laughs> and peppered with mix, uh, mixed peel sultana and walnut oil offering tantalizing twists and turns of intensity through its honey sweet fig and black tea flavors yeah i'm an excellent cold reader i i am i just walnut oil what specifically makes you think of walnut oil when you do it rather than just walnuts right i would have just said walnuts what like I, I don't know. Sometimes he started off well, and I do like the dark, sweet delights. Mm-hmm. Then he lost me a little bit there in the middle. It got, it got, he got a little too poetic for me there in the middle. Uh, this whiskey is fucking fantastic. It's delicious. Um, I love it. You guys gave me a sample beforehand, and I was like, a uh, glass for the girly, please. Yes. Hey, you weren't going to drink whiskey tonight. No, but then I had it and thought about it. I'm like, no, I, I fucking want that. There's a lot of dark fruit up front here that I mm-hmm. really enjoy. Um, and it does finish with a certain nuttiness, mm. a walnut, almond kind of yeah. desserty kind of finish there. Bushmills used to have a 16-year-old that yes, was a I remember three that. cask. Yep. And this is a variant of that. It is delightful. The whiskey is great. It's, yeah. it's everything. If I was going to tell somebody, go have an Irish whiskey, go have this Irish whiskey. It, it Good Lord, it's fabulous. It tastes like it. Like Bushmills. Like before I knew it was Bushmills, it had a fam- fam- mm, familiarity. Mm, familiarity? Had a familiarity to it. I'm having trouble speaking. Words are tough. Family- now you it, fucked it me up. Now it's similar to is something that, I had Mel, had. is that contagious? Yeah, it, it really is. I'm sorry. Uh, familiarity. It's a, it's a kissing disease. There it is. I'm just <laughs> I'm just sitting back and enjoying the uh, dumpster if, fire. If, because, if only I was not, the weak it's side. It's not involving my club. I was saying. If only I was the weak side. <laughs> my dad drank Bushmills. And that was one of the first whiskeys I learned to drink was Bushmills. And so it brought back a little nostalgia. And so even before you said that, I'm like, it tasted familiar. There you go. Yeah, this this is. There you go. go. I finally got to it. You find you see this bottle in the wild, buy it. You're going to be very happy. Yeah. You're going to be very, it's delightful. very happy with it's this a, It's a good bottle of whiskey. I'm, um, I'm super happy with it, um, despite its heathen Protestant upbringing. Where, whereas, like, last, <laughs> whereas, like we said, um, you know, last week with the uh, with the injury Trini, it was like, okay, this is definitely worth a try. Like, buy this bottle. You won't be disappointed. This is one I would definitely go buy again. Like, this is a fabulous fucking bottle mm. of whiskey. Sorry, I had a bad joke in my head. Mm. Heard. Uh, hey, Sam. <coughs> yes. Uh, Keith Kern wants to know, does your neck hurt from looking up at Graham like Everton looking up the table at Arsenal? Uh, yes, it does quite a bit. Absolutely. I, you know what? I, it's Honestly, I, I hand it out so much when, I mean, a team like for Keith, Newcastle was down at the bottom of the table. I fucking handed it out. So 
honestly, if I don't take it, I'm a fucking hypocrite. So, and, and frankly, the team is fucking horrific. So I, I think it's terrible how they're all picking on you. No, <laughs> fuck you. you. I, t- I mean, what, she's you saying know, it with this coy look in her eye, like, <laughs> if you, if you want really, I mean, you should listen to the, to the emergency pod because we not only dive into what the issues fans are with the board. We also, I brought up especially diving into certain things about Frank Lampard that I don't particularly care for. Some of which we're going to talk about when we go over the game, but it's, it's worth a listen, I think, in in our deep dive into the problems at Everton football club that all started in that fateful summer of the number 10. Yeah. The summer of 10. Um, But it it also, there were some people asking because all there was, was just that story of Mm -hmm. uh, the board won't be there because of threats of like, viable threats of violence and then it was left at that and i had a bunch of people on the close group like what the fuck is going on yep and like well let's do a show so we can actually talk about address what the fuck it it's- yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, uh, but you're right the timing of everything seemed like a convenience yeah when i'm sure those threats of violence were piling in from wednesday forward and they could have announced this three day, two days prior which would have seemed less of because even you you said yourself on that show that you are you were doubting of the validity of that statement at its core at the beginning. Further research turned back. Yes, in fact, there were credible threats, but still no video or photographic evidence of the alleged assault on Denise Baxterdale. Right. None. None. Female supporters are reaching out to Everton going, We'd like to know for our own personal protection. Mm-hmm. And there is nothing. Yep. This allegedly happened two weeks ago. So much like uh, Everton Football Club in their press releases, Sam, what else should we do? Remember to drink responsibly. <laughs> Let's have a great show. Let's do that. That was a lot better than last week. It was. It was very good. I appreciate that one. Fuck. Sorry, I got caught up on the cord there. It was a weekend of derbies, and none of them disappointed. And while Manchester and North London were both great, the West London was fucking massive. Fulham 2, Chelsea 1, Man U 2, Man City 1, Arsenal 2, Tottenham 0. And I don't want to take away from the North London, and that's why we'll close with it, but that's only the second victory in the modern day Premier League era for Fulham over Chelsea in the West London Derby. Yeah. Um <clears throat> Chelsea obviously a much bigger club. Fulham been around a lot longer. Um but really Fulham you're welcome. Yeah. Stand up bird let him be counted. <laughs> he had a hell of a lot of saves. Yes, he did. Um, a ton. I think it was, I think it was 11 at the end of the match or some shit like I mean it was nine because okay. it was 10 shots on target. Ah, that's right. Yeah. Okay, so a few good. of those I guess were registered crosses that he got a fingertip mm-hmm. to or, or caught. Um but it was fucking brilliant. Uh possession was just about even and Fulham had their chances, but I can't I can't believe what I'm about to say. Mhm. Mark it on the calendar. Polite as Fulham are. They were fucking ruthless and clinical with their chances. Absolutely. Normally they, they go, oh, sorry, we can't score that many on you. We're they, full of them. They, <laughs> but they were brilliant. They laced up their boots. They walked through that tunnel and they took it right to Chelsea. They, and you know what I credit that to? Coaching. Marcus Silva had his boys prepared and had them pinned in, honed and focused because yep. he knew Chelsea was a wounded animal. And Chelsea and were he, wasteful. And he took it to them you can tell 
the way they played that match, they went right the fuck at Chelsea. Yeah, and Ch- Chelsea were wasteful. I mean, the, the two goals really came from Chelsea mistakes, mm-hmm. to be honest, that Fulham capitalized on and counterattacked with. Um, there wasn't really sustained bits of pressure necessarily from Fulham, um, but they took the chances when they when it, when they when they came to them and also proved they can win without Mitro, which yes. is a huge monkey off their back, really. Very huge. Because without Mitro prior to this game, they've looked rather toothless. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, you get now Darby's, of course, you can always throw the form out of the window, da, right. da, 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 we always say, which is, you know, accurate. But this was just a fantastic performance. This is always And every time this- Chelsea weren't wasteful, you have a quality fucking goalkeeper in Bert Leno mm-hmm. that came to the rescue and, and got some good blocks and some quality saves in there. This was a chippy derby. It's always been a chippy derby, mm-hmm. but it's always been a chippy derby that <laughs> Chelsea know how to navigate. Chelsea did not. I mean, Potter looked lost on the sidelines. Mm-hmm. Th- that's why I, I stress so much that this was Silva out coaching Potter. Now, granted, players have to perform on the pitch, but there has to be something to said. That one coach completely outcoached the other coach. Hundred percent. I mean, just brutal. Same could be said for the last game we're going to talk about in a second. <clears throat> oh, and fun- one person with great hair, <laughs> one person with a hair transplant. <laughs> the of course brilliant um, loan move. I keep umming a ton, and I'm trying to fucking watch it. I'm a terrible umming. The more you focus, it's like carrying a martini. Yeah. If you stare at it, you spill it. Yeah, of course, if you, you just walk. You're fine. The brilliant transfer move of uh, Yao Felix has already paid off dividends as he was sent off quickly. <laughs> His three was how, January through what's the season in May? Yeah. So four months. Yeah. Straight red. Three months. Yeah. <laughs> they still got to pay him. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then they overspent on Mudrick. And that was the very next point was an a comical signing of Mudrick. <laughs> a lot of money wasted. So far uh, for Chelsea in January. And um, I'm excited for financial fair play to come in and take a gander. Now, what I did hear, though, is that 108 uh, potential 108 million. I think it's 80 up front, 28 in add-ons mm-hmm. for Mudrick is uh, to be paid in installments over the span of his seven plus year contract. So it's seven years with an option for an eighth, I believe. That's the other thing, too, is is it, it's a eight year contract at the end of the day. Like players don't five fives a lot. Three is normal. An eight-year fucking deal? Yeah. Like, that's a... Where's Belgrade? Romania, right? Uh, Yes. Close to Ukraine, though. Yes. Romania, isn't Mm -hmm. it? I think Alan Pardew kind of (laughs) osmosisized to Mudrick's agent. Too too soon, Keith? Too soon? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and he said hey get this sweet deal these owners don't know what they're doing much like the old owner of newcastle didn't know what he was doing yeah, no and i uh, got myself an eight-year deal and i'm pretty sure you could do the same <laughs> yeah i think this is a, a really the eight-year the eight-year contract is a um skirt for financial fair play basically mm-hmm. uh to get the deal over the line and the installments to be approved for by shakhtar for that length of time, I'm sure the player had to have a contract for that length of time. Yeah. And um, to get around those financial fair play rules, I'm sure. Because $108 million over eight years is a lot different than four years. Right. Exactly. You know? that's, that's, that's what, $25 million a summer, $27 million a summer versus now it's like 14 and a half. 
yeah. or something. So, you know what I mean? I think it's more of a that stretches the budget a bit more um, in terms of those rules is I think the, the only reason that that happened. And, and really, it's the same kind of creative accounting that the big three or four in Italy did throughout most of the 70s, 80s and 90s which is why you don't really see Paolo Maldini anymore, right? It, you mm. see that one club man with AC Milan. You see people that have played for Juventus, AC Milan, Inter Milan, and Roma. Right. They've played for all of the big four. And, and Napoli, if you include um, the South in that conversation, which a lot of people don't want to. So they've played for the big five teams in Italy. You don't mm -hmm. see that in any other country. No, you don't. Really, where no. they've played for both PSG and Marseille or mm -hmm. both Real Madrid and Barcelona or, you know, Arsenal, Tottenham and Manchester United. Like, you don't see that anywhere but Italy. So I think this is more of a creative accounting tactic than it is, like, actually a proper eight-year deal. If it wasn't for Everton being such an utter and complete mess, right now all eyes would be on Chelsea. Oh, 100%. And don't, hey, don't worry. All you have to do is survive, Sam. <clears throat> mm -hmm. And in 18 months' time, when this doesn't work out, you can take Mudrick on loan. Yeah. And clearly. it'll be fine. It'll be a-okay. <laughs> it'll be good. We um, are going to need you to pick up 90% of his wages, though, at 200000 a pop. Yes, precisely. Uh, let's go on to City and United. Honestly, it was a boring fucking match the last 20 minutes. It really wasn't that great. Well, I thought City were played off the park. Yo, I mean, United was the better side, definitely, but it's just... Wasn't it, entertaining. It just wasn't a well, very fun match to watch. So here you go. Th this is one of those weird ones that I had to write <laughs> stats down for. Seventy percent possession, five shots, just one of those on target. Mm -hmm. Those were City's numbers. Yep. United every time they got the ball looked dangerous because they honestly didn't have the ball that much. Right. But eight shots total, four on target. Despite the possession, despite the runs, United looked pretty comfortable. Yeah. They didn't look. I mean, here's. here's I did. The thing. I did enjoy the Emmy Martinez on top of the bus with the. Baby doll of Kylian Mbappe. Yes, had superimposed Casemiro and Holland <laughs> on the faces. Lovely, that's yeah. fantastic. Um, uh, there was another meme uh, shared during North London derby about that, and the same wording was used for both this game and that one. Somebody said, "What did you make of the Tottenham fan kicking Aaron Ramsdale?" And Harry Kane's response was. I'm sorry, William Saliba's pocket was too deep to see out of. Yes, I saw that and one. And then there was something else said about, yeah. did you see the fans shouting racial shit or whatever? And then uh, Holland was like, I'm sorry, Casemiro's pocket was too deep to see out of. Yes, exactly. The, the brilliant memes this weekend coming out of, of, of both of these games. <laughs> it's fantastic. But here's what it really comes down to with, with United and taking nothing away from them, using their opportunities and capitalizing on them. And we'll get to the end of the match and all that craziness in a second city yet again, not able to seemingly get out of first gear. They yeah. seem to be perfectly fine right now with playing the following game against everyone down the sidelines, nothing there pass back out 35 yards, pass around, pass around down the next sideline back out, pass around, pass around. Yeah. Like it just, they seem to be perfectly fine holding the ball, doing absolutely nothing, but they aren't doing anything to attack the goal. So let all. me let me take your mind back to the last four years under Arsene Wenger. Mm -hmm. They're trying to walk the ball in the back of the net despite having the best striker in the world currently. Yeah, They can't figure out for whatever reason what they were doing in the first half of the season. They seem to have been stunted by the World Cup, honestly. I, I would very much agree. Very, um, very they, much agree. They can't seem to find Holland. They're not moving the ball quickly. They're not doing any of that and city we had spoke about prior to those those top you know five six seven teams have a ton of internationals 
Yeah. And we worried about these extra games and those hangovers. And you see a team like Forrest now, right, with a couple of wins under their belt since since coming back. Oh, I'm going to get to it. Seven points in, in their last three. Where Right, exactly. Where they didn't have anybody there, really. Yeah. So they got to rest. They got to sit and work together. They mm-hmm. got to figure it out, right? Where City, the entire team disbanded for a month. Yeah, everyone was gone. United, everyone you know, was gone. the entire team disbanded for a month. Such is the black cloud of Cristiano Ronaldo because they've come back and been excellent. Yeah. United seem to have turned a corner. And, I mean, just imagine for a second, just sit and imagine that you got a manager, Sam, that made it to a Champions League semifinal with a super young team and barely lost out to a shit VAR decision to Tottenham. Yeah. Imagine for a second you got rid of the dressing room toxicity all at once. Mm-hmm. Imagine having a group of players that buy in all at once. Mm-hmm. Works. Yeah, it works. And it's working. It works. Ima- when you don't sign players just to sell shirts. Yeah. Imagine what can be done. Well, and you're seeing it right now with Manchester United. Marcus Rashford rediscovering his form is huge, and mm-hmm. he was excellent, even though the first goal was bullshit. We're gonna. That's gonna be the. La- I want to wait to talk about that at the end. Horseshit. That here's here's the thing that I, I I forgot to put down in the notes, but I definitely have to say to you, Manchester United is now in the hunt for the title. Okay. I don't. Nine I don't point, think nine points is a big gap, especially I, y- yes against the resolute Arsenal I, side. I do not think they are going to win it, but they have beaten you in their building. They've beaten City in their building, and you guys are both sitting above them in the table. They have beaten uh, Tottenham in their building. They've beaten uh, Liverpool in their building. This Sunday is Arsenal Manchester United at the Emirates. And that's going to be huge, and that's where I think we're going to find out right away that they're not really title contenders. But as of right now, after that, after... if she was on the other foot and you had beaten both of those teams and they were above you in the table, you'd be like, yeah, we got a shot at this thing. No, we're in first place and I'm not admitting we're in the title <laughs> yes. challenge uh, um, just yet. What I, what I want to say, though, is do you remember the next to last episode, maybe the last episode of Shameless, mm-hmm. when Mickey felt very uncomfortable on the west side after uh, Ian had signed that lease? Yes. Because it was too nice. Yes, way too nice. And then he went back to the south side and opened the bedroom window to hear all the sirens and bad mm-hmm. things happening outside and, right. and all that to feel comfortable. We all know that Old Trafford is a piece of shit. <laughs> and maybe they just need the ghetto of Old Trafford to feel comfortable. That could, could be the Manchester case. United is Mickey, a power bottom. <laughs> well said. Well said. Boom. Tie-in cultural reference from <laughs> technically before my time. Well, in the chats, um, what you were talking about before, Cole was like, isn't that the literal plot to Ted Lasso? What? Getting the team together. Oh, the team together. Yeah, Yeah. Uh, exactly. They got rid of Jamie Tartt and they were better. Yes, 100%. Um, Exactly. uh, Christian's wondering, is uh, Erling Holland washed up? I mean, no goals in 2023. <laughs> that, you, know, you know what that is? That is one guy who has Erling Holland on his fantasy team asking another guy who has Erling Holland on his fantasy team going, hey, do we need to start being worried about uh, the rest of the league catching up to us? Because our boy, our, our guaranteed 20 points a week is starting to dry up. That's Let me, thing we talk about that on injury time. Exactly. How do people find that, Graham? That's easy, though. Patreon.com, isn't it? Yeah. Backslash Dude Football Show. And, and, you, know, and you know who uh, knows about that now? Christian. Christian does. That's right. (laughs) Now, let's go ahead and get to it. I I want to preface this right off the bat. 
I do not want to defend Manchester City. I do not want to defend Manchester City. I know you, as an Arsenal supporter, love the fact that this happened because it gives you a bigger points lead. I would have preferred a draw to pick up points on both of them, personally. But it's fine. How the fuck was that not offsides? It was. They just didn't call it. (laughs) He affected the players around him, therefore affected the play. Oh, but you see what happened, Simmons. He didn't actually touch the ball. Doesn't matter. Between his point. legs, shielding it, running with the ball, making the goalkeeper set himself, assuming that he was the one shooting the ball, making defenders fucking cover. <laughs> like it was, it was fucking ridiculous. And how VAR justifies that as not being like it's I am, bullshit. I am. It, it is. I guarantee you. I guarantee you. Every single supporter of every single club has something like I'm going to bring up right now. Guilty Sigurdsson sitting on the ground as we scored the game winner against Manchester United. That call got called offsides. He didn't touch the fucking ball. He didn't touch the fucking ball. Should have been a fucking goal. He was in the sight line. Should have been a fucking. And also, careful. Yeah, we don't need to talk about Gilfie on no, the ground. No, we don't need to talk about Gilfie on the ground. <laughs> There's a pending investigation. But I guarantee you every single supporter has a game that they've looked at where something got called offsides, where they had a goal taken away from them. It, you cannot say he did not influence the play. 100%. He, he did influence the play. running with the ball you, between you his see The only the, thing was is it didn't touch him. You see the defender on the backside change his run because of Rashford. Yeah. De Gea, I mean, no, I'm sorry. Ederson has his feet set ready for Rashford to shoot. Mm-hmm. And he's set like this. And then suddenly the, just from the side comes that he's not able to fucking respond. It was offsides. Mm-hmm. It was offsides. It was absolutely offsides. And I think that game ends differently. That I game, also had them in my bet to draw. Remember? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's also why I'm a little bitter. Well, but you also had uh, Chelsea and uh, Fulham to draw. So that, right, and that, that, was already sh- that that second Fulham goal, I think, was an issue. I, you have to go like how? how? Yeah, it, it's how? offsides. I mean, it, it just it flat out is offside. And then and the PGMOL is coming out afterwards. We're like, oh no, that was a good call. That was he didn't touch the ball. That's okay, not okay, the point. that's that's fine. You it's have now you've now set precedent mm-hmm. for any single every single time where they say someone's involved in the play but they didn't touch the ball, if that's not ruled a goal, if all of them are not ruled goals, then you have to look back at that and go, but you set the precedent. Mm-hmm. This is now the precedent. But there is no precedent because it's VAR. <clears throat> they can do what they want. Yeah, just That's the thing. It, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. And Manchester City can feel hard done about that. However, that being said, with that much of the ball, you really should be creating some chances. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it shouldn't have even come down to that. How did... Honestly. How... how it, and... Again, is City being kind of figured out because they are? They, they I don't know just that it's necessarily be getting being figured out. I think they're. So I heard somebody say this earlier today, and it, it makes a little bit of sense. There, Pep is obviously obsessed. If you look back at his time with Barcelona, you look at his time with Bayern Munich and with City, obsessed with keeping possession because if you have the ball, the other team can't score. Right? right. Of course. Fine. So you have 80 percent of the ball every game. Great. How about with a proper striker that can get him behind, right? If you go set up camp in their half, you limit the space Holland has to work with. Mm-hmm. So why don't you relinquish 10% of the ball? Go 60-40 on possession and play counterattack here and there. 
throughout the game. You've also where, already seen where you have Holland. Holland able to run in behind, build up ahead of steam. Talk. I mean, he's big. He's huge. He's strong. And he's fast he's, he's as a, shit he's for a, his size. He's a fucking specimen. Yeah. So lump a ball, a one or two, a half long balls out there, and let him. Let him argue it out with the center back for a change because more often than not, I guarantee you, he's going to come out on top yeah, absolutely. in that situation. And then he can hold the ball up and bring other people into play and set himself up. But instead, he gets camped out around the, 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 the penalty spot and he has to try to create space for himself. And you saw, as any center forward does, Harry Kane does this mm-hmm. when, when Tottenham's doing it. Um, Gabriel Jesus has done it even this season mm-hmm. for Arsenal where – if they're not getting the service, if they're not getting the balls into the box or whatever, they start dropping back to involve themselves <clears throat> in the play. Strikers, by nature, are selfish people. They want to be on the ball. Yeah. And if they're not getting it, they're going to go get it. Yeah, agreed. You know what I'm saying? Agreed. And and then your team is out of balance. Yep. And now there's no tip to the spear, and we're seeing what's happening. Bernardo Silva's not playing up the snuff. There's been rumors over the last season and a half, two seasons, that he wants to leave, mm-hmm. and he still hasn't. Um. So I'm not, what's he, you know, given full on? Riyad Mahrez has never been fully trusted by Pep, I don't think. No. Really? Because he's never been consistently starting. I'd, I'd say the same with Phil Foden. He seems to never really trust Phil Foden they, a right, lot. Right. I mean, there's a bunch of those. And I guarantee you the first goal in this game of Jack Grealish uh, heading the ball in was not on everyone's uh, bet tickets. Oh, God, no. Absolutely not. But that, like, I mean, they can hit you from every side, but they're still midfielders. Yeah. At the end of the day, most of those players are still midfielders, and nobody's going to bag you 20 goals a season. All right, None of them are. Let's keep it rolling. I keep referencing to you, Sam, and we're going to let you have all the opportunity to just cloak as it's well-deserved. You're holding this giant checklist, and mm-hmm. one of those checklists, on that checklist was, was beat Spurs earlier in the season. Mm-hmm. Next, beat Spurs at Spurs. First time in nine years. Take all. All six points. Mm-hmm. We talk about how that Brighton, especially seeing how Brighton just dismantled fucking Liverpool, mm-hmm. how big of a check that was. This is yet another. This is a monster check on that checklist as you are going down. You don't want to say it. You are now the front runners for the title. The bookies they are saying have, it. They have to take it away from you now. You the, are now the front runners. The bookies are saying it, and that means I'm about four days away from placing my Premier League winner, Super uh-huh. Bowl winner, World Series winner, yep, NHL winner, mm-hmm. five way parlay, yep, uh, here uh, shortly. Arsenal are now minus one twenty. I think I said I told you earlier. Mm-hmm. City are plus one forty. Yep, for the title. So we are the clear favorites to win the title now. Um, I still, and, and from Martin Odegaard and Aaron Ramsdale comments afterwards, the team seemed pretty grounded, seemed pretty humble. Mm-hmm. Uh, even said, you know, look at the second half performance. We, we played well, but not well enough. There's still obviously things we can improve on and we have to stay humble, keep working hard and keep pushing forward. Yep. And well done to him. I mean, he's, he's, he's a leader and it's something that we've lacked. Granted, Xhaka is a leader. He's a good leader, but he's also kind of a crazy leader. Right. And, you know, something happens. Uh, Arteta has quickly figured out his his personalities and his egos and his team, and he's keeping everyone on side despite their varying, you know, ways. When you look at what happened with Ramsdale afterwards, mm-hmm. 
you see him grab Ramsdale. Hey, relax. Let it go. It's okay. Just yep. arm around him. It's all good. Laughing about it as they're yep. walking away. Yeah. Let's, and let's then, go say hi to our, our supporters. But then Shocker walks by. He shoves Ramsdale forward towards his uh, towards the Arsenal supporters mm-hmm. again and takes off running yeah. and gra- pushes someone out of the way and grabs Xhaka because he knows that motherfucker's about to go Cantona, a Tottenham fan in the chest. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> That's exactly what's about to happen. Yeah. Um, so, but he just knows the team now and he's willing to. He's like a, a dad of a bunch of you know four year olds. He he just he knows what to do to keep everybody in line and on side. I'll let you go ahead and talk a little bit more about the action, but I just want to um bring up the following that that here's the bigger problem for Tottenham. They showed nothing. Mm-hmm. That's the match. That's every that that's it. That's unless they're playing for a title, which they never are except for the one time against Liverpool for Champions League, unless they're playing for a cup at home against your hated rivals mm-hmm. is the match. That is the match of the year. That is the match that defines you. That's when you get it back on track. They showed nothing. Nothing. I mean, they've, they've been all season. They've sl- they've started slowly in, in games all season long. Yeah. But at this point, uh, Antonio Conte looks disinterested. He doesn't look like he wants to be there. It just He looks like he's he's got a job to do. And the people under him are meant to be a team, but they're not even playing cohesively themselves. They don't believe in him. He doesn't believe in them. There was a and this lot. And is, this is what we were talking about on the emergency pod mm-hmm. about Frank Lampard, right? There's two ways to manage. You stick wholeheartedly and full on to your philosophy, or you look at the fucking players you have in front of you, and you figure out a system that works with the pieces you have. Yeah. And we'd see time and time again, the managers that are fluid – in their beliefs, are the ones that succeed, mm-hmm. right? From the board perspective, right, and, and, and to finish that conversation about Everton, you either buy the manager and then you buy players to fit his system or you get a manager that is comfortable not spending money and is willing to work with what you have. Mm-hmm. And if you don't do one of those two sides of that same coin, you're fucked. Yeah, agreed. Absolutely and, and agreed. Tottenham, in a much less way because they have better players, are the same amount of fucked as you in big six terms. They could realistically not finish in a European place. It's because Brentford, Fulham, and Brighton have something to fucking say oh, yeah. about it. Big time. And of course, 100%. Newcastle definitely has something 100%. to say about it. Like, Liverpool, same way. Uh, Klopp, I don't think, is as tactically astute as people give him credit for. Yeah, yeah. You know, the heavy metal football is great and all, but we're four years on from that. Yeah, they look are, fucking exhausted, that we, team. We are looking at European places where it where Liverpool, Chelsea, and Tottenham could not be in exactly the, three of the quote unquote big six, right? Could not be in European. And places. if you don't, if you so Klopp is trying to reimagine Liverpool. Deserby said it right yeah. in his post match. Like I was surprised they lined up like that. Yeah, I didn't know what he was trying to do. But at least he's trying something. Well, but he's trying exactly right. He's trying to change the team around and do mm-hmm. stuff. Now it's probably you know with who they have available to starting eleven, you would have expected to be out there. However. They didn't exactly formation wise line up how you would expect them to have lined up. Right. So, and credit to Deserby and the Brighton players, and we'll come on to it. But they they changed what they were doing specifically to exploit the weaknesses that they saw in the field right then. Now, and that's the mark of a very good team. Now, um, I want to give you every opportunity to enjoy and uh, relish in the moment, but we also need to keep the show going. That's fine. Yeah, I mean, we were I, excellent. I, the the only thing I wish I could change is Thomas Partey's uh, uh, volley went in. 
Yeah, that's oh, it. Because that would have been the fucking peach what on the strike. the cherry on top. What happened at the end of the match? First between Rashalas and Ramsey. Do you just think it was some? They were chirping back and forth, and at yeah, the end of they, them, they, was being a normal shit house, which is what he does. Uh huh. And Ramsdale laughed at him. Yeah, because I, I assume hey, that's what it was. Ramsdale, scoreboard. Ramsdale just went, "Well, we just fucking beat you, yeah. asshole." So talk <laughs> exactly. all you want. Yeah, and they and got so, into each other, but then a little what bit happened. After that. So Ramsdale went to go get his water bottle. Mm -hmm. And in the post-match, Ramsdale did talk about it. So, And that that interview is available on the NBC app to, to mm -hmm. see that clip. And he said, basically, the, you know, that whole half, some of the Tottenham supporters that were behind there were giving him shit. Expected. And when he went over to get his water bottle, he gave him some shit back. Mm -hmm. And he said four or five of them, fair play. Yeah. Took it on the chin, and it was just some good banter, you know, some good-natured fun back and forth. Like he fair said, but fair enough. You're still a twat. We hate you. You're a gunner, but, but good on you. <laughs> yeah. But when he said, when I turned around, somebody came over and gave me a punch on the back. He didn't know at the time it was a kick, but somebody kicked right. him. Essentially, Stewart did his job, pushed the guy back immediately. Uh, you know, kind of secured the field. Other stewards rushed over. You saw the dude too, just dart up oh, the, yeah. fucking, the rails and credit to both, um, both sets of players. Yeah. They both grabbed Ramsdale. Because that, I mean, if you fight a, that's, that could potentially be up to and including a two year ban. Yeah, and you can't have that. No, you we can't, can't have fucking have no, that. Fuck no. That. No. Matt Turner ain't sustaining a title no, challenge. No, he's, he's our not. version of Doug. <laughs> 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 so, and, and credit to the Tottenham players, same thing. I mean, they were pushing Ramsdale back too. Like, dude, don't get involved. Don't get involved. You know, don't worry mm -hmm. about it. And uh, and then Arteta, again, sprinting over. The, the rest of the Arsenal team sprinting over. You know, crazy Uncle Granite Jaka got word late, thank God. <laughs> uh, and Arteta, to his credit, still got some legs about him. Ran after Jaka and called him before he did anything stupid. But that was basically it. It was just a, a bit of a, you know, bit of a little little scuffle. Fair enough. Um, for, for absolutely no reason. And it just, you know, I mean, we should have known by by our friend Mark, but, you know, it just kind of shows the, the level of support Donovan. Some massive matches at the bottom of the table as 14th to 20th are now only separated by two points. Wolverhampton 1, West Ham 0, Southampton 2, Everton 1. There's not a ton to really talk about in these matches, and I kind of want to keep the ball rolling. I'm sorry. But... I have to take the ball back for a second. Okay. Because <laughs> I just thought of something. Mel, I'm sure there's fine people on both sides. <laughs> He's very proud of himself. <laughs> it um, just hit me right as you hit this pause button. I couldn't say it. And I was like, that's good. That was good. I'm going to be a dickhead and take the ball back for a second. Gut check win at home for Wolves. And you know what? Belief is starting to set in at that club. They're believing in Lopetegui. They're starting to get it together. They're figuring it out. Um, you know, timely returns of Daniel Potence and a couple others from injury have helped, obviously, ease some of those woes. Mm-hmm. I still feel like David Moyes is the safest of the shit teams at the moment as right. in terms of management because West Ham's performance was still good. Um, Sa still had saves to make. Right. They, they you know, there was still, I mean, just think of the players they have, right? right. I mean, this was another thing I heard today, and I, I didn't really think about it until they said it out loud. One of the most sought-after midfielders in the world, Declan Rice, passed the ball out wide to Brazil's number 10 
who crossed the ball for Italy's number nine. Yeah. Yeah. Like they, they're putting in decent performances. Yeah. They're getting chances. They're not being worked over like obviously played off the park kind of bad performances. They're they're standing up in games. They're doing well. They're just not finding the back of the net. And I'll say it again. Mm-hmm. You buy an Italian number nine, you know what the fuck you're getting. <laughs> the horse head in your bed is, I'm actually not going to score any goals. Okay. <laughs> And that's the issue. I, um, I They would do well to give Antonio another run uh, up front and stop bringing him off the bench because I think he's a player that needs chance after chance. You know, he, he'll get five chances a game, yeah. but he grows into a match. He grows into a game, but one of them will be a goal. Yeah. Where Skamaka only gets three chances a game and they're excellent chances and none of them are a goal. Yeah. Yeah. So you got it. You have to score goals to stay in this division. You have to score goals to win games, obviously. And they're just, that's the only part that they're not doing well. So here's the thing, though. You, you say that you feel like Moyes is the safest of the shit managers, but how much longer are they going to fucking stand for the, the, the shit performances? I mean, they're in the relegation zone now. I know, but that's what I'm saying. I think the performances are good. They're just yeah. not finding the back of the net. They're getting unlucky. Remember when they went on that run and and went to the Europa uh, went to the Europa League final last season. Remember a lot of the games they had in the league were two one, yeah, three one. They were getting goals from Bowen. He hasn't scored much this season. They were getting, and, and this is where City's running into issues. You cannot rely on midfielders to score all your goals. Mm-hmm. It can't happen. You know, Manchester United got lucky with you know Bobby Robson and then um, uh, and then Paul Scholes. Chelsea got lucky with Frank Lampard. You cannot bank on midfielders to score goals. That's not what they're there for. You need your forwards to score goals, and West Ham's forwards aren't doing it at the moment. But the rest of the team, I think, is playing okay. They're still in games. You don't see any four five nil drubbings. You don't see any three nil drubbings. They're losing every game one nil two one. Yeah, but they're still losing. I know, but the last season they were winning. If they mm-hmm. find the back of the net with the chances they create, they're fine. Yeah. Leicester, I'd worry about. Yeah. Everton, I worry about. Southampton, I worry about. Right. James Ward Prowse is on a one man mission to save the fucking team. Yeah. Yeah. It seems you like know what it. I mean? Like I would worry about those clubs because the overall performance is bad. So let's go ahead and move on to that. Uh Saints get their first win in six. Uh, James Ward Prowse going to do what James Ward Prowse going to do. Sam, you go ahead and do that while I do this. Uh oh. Oh. Yikes. Is that your entire bottle of Malort for the season already? <sighs> oh, it's about that much. It was more than a shot. So fuck it. Uh, for I those of you who are uh, not watching i just uh flipped the top off of the uh, bottle of malort there was easily three ounces in it and i did my best james belushi and took it to the fucking neck yep so i had gotten a picture of that uh, (laughs) so well the that usually would be something brought up in a pre 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 production meeting you don't listen to it, so why should I bother bringing it up? You know what? Fair point. <laughs> hey, there's a full bottle on the shelf. Why don't we try that again? Uh, no. <laughs> yeah. Next week? It's only a matter of time. Speaking of team talks that don't get listened to, uh-huh. what could Frank have said at halftime to make them come out and concede in the first 18 seconds? <laughs> That's a spirited performance, boys. I, I don't know. I Ah, yeah, you're doing all right. You don't need my uh, information. I yeah, don't okay. get it. Uh, and this is where I have a problem with Frank Lampard. And yes, mm-hmm. the board has their own issues, and they have set the club up for failure. Correct. This is a separate issue. 
the performance of the team is not good. This is where it's different from West Ham. Mm -hmm. From back to midfield, right, from goalkeeper to midfield, the players are still playing well. Fabianski's making saves. The defenders are making clearances and tackles. Nobody's yeah. getting sent off. The midfield are controlling games. I want your pen. Oh. <laughs> I thought you were trying to tickle me. No. And then... <laughs> and then be the first time. So that that's that's my issue where Everton's performances just aren't really good at all from from back to front. You show flashes of it, but then you do shit like 13 seconds after halftime. I mean there there's a couple of rules, right? Don't concede in the first 5 minutes. If you concede after that or if you score, you play a hard 5. Hard 5. Stay organized, communicate, blah, 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 because most second goals are scored five minutes after mm -hmm. you score. Right. So play another hard five, right, after you score a goal. You did that bit, and then, again, just like the start of the game, don't let them score in the first five minutes. And what would you do? You let them score literally probably 90 seconds after the start of halftime. And the other thing you don't do, give James Ward-Prowse multiple opportunities to take free kicks outside of the 18. If you give him more than one, uh -huh. he will score. Say Adams touch was going away from goal on his weaker left side. There was no reason to run into him. That's horrible by Anthony. Boneheaded by Anthony Gordon. Fuck boneheaded. Now, uh, if there was a positive for Everton and all of it, I would say the following. Um, what's my name? Oh, Nana. Uh, we knew he was man of the match before he scored the goal. <laughs> Two minutes in, you're like, oh, somebody came play today yep he had himself a hell a of a match game. yeah and he'll get a great transfer fee when we uh, have to sell him <laughs> yeah, to, this week. to pay for the next eight seats in the stadium uh i'm a uh, sam if you don't mind i'm gonna i'm gonna finish this off and we'll move on to the next segment i want to say the following um i said back in november there were five teams worse to us then we lost to uh lester and i said there were four and then we lost to bournemouth twice and then i said there were three and we lost to wolves and then I said, you know, we're, there's still three teams worse than us. And we just lost to fucking Southampton. And it's it's unfortunate. And I keep talking about what bad teams Bournemouth, Forest and Southampton are. It's simple. We're a bad fucking team. And and I worry. I worry very, very much. And it's I am going to scream and yell and bleed for my fucking club forever and y'all jokingly say, who am I going to root for? It will always be fucking Everton. I will be behind Everton forever. They are my blood. They are my life. I love this fucking club. And I will support them wherever they are. And that that's all I know. Um, but right now, we're bad. And not only are we bad, we're fucking broken. Mel, I, I don't feel like. I was that inspired by his vows. That was a pretty loving, glowing. <laughs> very, very bleak. <laughs> uh, no, it was, the first bit of it was so loving and glowing that I was like, damn, your wife is right here, bro. Yeah. <laughs> you might want to temper that. Remember, I spent the weekend with the Vikings, so. Uh, yeah, fair enough. I did, too. I did, too. <laughs> Running out the rest of the league, and oh, so that happened. Aston Villa, two. Leeds, one. Brighton, three. Liverpool, nil. Nottingham Forest, two. Leicester, nil. Brentford 2, Bournemouth 0, Chelsea 1, Crystal Palace 1, Newcastle 1, Fulham 0. 
I'm going to start Crystal Palace. Chesley won Crystal Palace nil. Newcastle won Fulham nil. My apologies for screwing that all oh, up. Good. Sorry, uh, you're, you're caught in your feelings. We're, yeah. we're sympathizing <laughs> with I got, you. I got a, a straight catch a dealing show for real. <laughs> <laughs> um, That's a classic. That's a fucking classic. And That's another Sam Graham one-liner. Yeah, it was. So... <laughs> Graham, we're, we're already at 50 minutes, so we get, we can't drag this on. So we got to kind of be quick with what we're doing here. Here's the thing. And I even said this with Gecko when we were there live. It was like you watch that first goal that Villa scored. And I'm like, how is this just not angering you? I was like, because it, it's what you talk about where these it's it is such elementary bullshit that leads are giving up goals like you have one job on the outside weak side cover Leon Bailey why do you let him get the ball and then why do you give him five yards well but also give him his watch him shoot also give him his left foot I I mean you've seen and obviously professional footballers are a lot less one-footed than uh, right most footballers you come up against but but do you remember me you remember me at soccer dome you remember me at soccer dome that one little pretty boy twat that used to play for Juventus Mm mm-hmm that was so left-footed, like I literally no stood a yard inside of his left foot between him and the goal. You would, and I said, go ahead, play to your right. I'm giving you the right side. He wouldn't do it. It was you, the easiest way to take the ball off of him. There was times where he was going down the sideline with his left foot, and you would protect the sideline yeah. and not the middle and go, I dare you. Go ahead, play with your you. right foot, Dick. Yeah, And he didn't. He yeah. couldn't, and I won the ball off him more often than I didn't. Yeah, and here it's just like, again, I know professional footballers are much more two footed than they are one footed, but they still have a strong side. And for you to just, it's like you read the scouting report backwards. <laughs> it just, it was he ball foot left doesn't like right. You're the weak side. Oh, defender. he likes the right, doesn't like left. He, Got we it. We talked about this with Myelinko a couple of weeks ago. You're the weak sided. Defend, you have one job. Yep. Make sure that guy uh, doesn't fucking get the ball. And and within a minute of the start of the match, you already let the guy get the fucking ball and score. Speaking like, of Michaelenko mm-hmm. missing an assignment, real quick, what were the wind sprints he was doing between the wall and the goal line? I don't know. <laughs> I forgot to mention that. Yeah, what know. the fuck was that about? I don't know. <laughs> he was on like a fitness break. I. <laughs> That was weird. You you know, and even Pickford was just like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Digne understood where he came from. From (laughs) he's replacing Leighton Baines. Malenko does not understand the importance of the left back position. It was so bad, so bad, so bad. We're moving on. We're not. But anyway, it was just fun. Speaking of that, that just like you had one job. And here's the thing with that match: Leeds had way more many chances, tons of opportunities to score. Fucking it off left and right. Like, I mean, well, but the, I'm, I'm starting to get as frustrated with leads as you are. Because I'm yeah. looking at that going, this team is way fucking better than that. Uh-huh. So what? But they're is, playing like a fucking crackhead. They're just There's all over the fucking place. It's wild. Yeah. But the, what I will say for Leon Bailey especially, um, he missed that that chance in front of the whole end mm-hmm. at the, right at the against, sitter, really. Against Wolves. Against yeah. Wolves last week. And was visibly crying on the field. Yeah. And you thought. I thought, like... That might fuck well, between it's, the ears. It's good that you care, right? right? Obviously, it's nice to see that you care. However, he's young enough, and he was emotional enough 
that exactly that, that could live in his brain rent-free for a long time. Right. So two minutes and 23 seconds later, in terms of competitive play, he went out and he got a goal. banged one in to the side yeah. net. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. Like, that was fantastic for him. And you saw what it meant to him. I mean, he, he went nuts celebrating that goal. All right. And that, that was, that's excellent. You can't really beat that. Buendia, I love when the smallest man on a pitch gets a header. Yeah. Fantastic. I don't care how it comes. Fantastic. Um, one one thing to mention, Mel, gotta gotta say it to you right now, and uh Graham will that save. That save though. By Emmy on the goal line. Dare just I say dove across Dare from, I say World Cup <clears throat> save. From one side of the post to the other side of the post. I mean, it's it's no Gordon Banks on Pele, mm, but fuck if it sexy. wasn't close. He fucking glided glided across that goal line, made the instinctual move to go, got big, right? I mean, that was... It was everything you want. It was textbook. It was... They, that is what they teach in goalkeeping school. You want to talk Do about this. what makes makes yeah. a, a, a fellow goalkeeper pants get a little tight? That fucking save, right? Yeah. Right there. Oh, I, I wanted to get up and hump the air for fucking Emmy. Uh, picking, <laughs> pitching tents and taking names. Jesus. It was... What a, what a save. Now, now... Positive for Leeds is you were really dominant. You had lots of opportunities. At least Bamford finally fucking scored a goal. Yeah, like, I mean he needs to, he needs a consistent run of the team. Well, I problem think problem for him now. He's been point. injured for what, eighteen months. Yeah. Essentially, he comes back for two games, gets hurt again. Yeah, um, Rodrigo has come on leaps and bounds leading that line. Yeah. So where does Bamford now fit in? Yeah, it's true because you now true. have the the I can't remember his name. I think he's Colombian. Mm-hmm. Uh, shorter black dude on the outside. No, no, Italian. There's Willy, two of them. Willie Gnato. There's two of them. Okay. There's uh, there's another one out there also, and I, I name escapes. I just me. only know with Willie. He scored. He scored on his debut. Yeah. Another young young uh, black dude, but okay. I think he's Colombian. Okay, gotcha. Anyway, Gnato now in this game, who I haven't seen before either. They were. They are both excellent. So do you force Rodrigo back out left and bring Bamford in, and then those two are fucked off? Yeah. That's not fair either because they've been fantastic. Uh, we need to find – I um, don't like Nato surrounding the uh, goal, uh, the uh, referee all the t- – every single mm-hmm. fucking chance he got to talk to the referee did. That annoys me. Uh, I do want to say with uh, with Willie Ganato, we knew, do need to find – I know Lars and his brother had sent it to me, but I can't seem to find the video. Uh, their song for him – uh, it goes along. It's always, you know, how most chants go along with a, a popular song. Mm-hmm. But in it, where where they're talking about him, they're just like, and his cock is fucking massive. <laughs> like, just, like, it, it's the most random thing. It's like, oh, he's got a really big fucking dick, too. <laughs> like, well, that, I, yeah. I, yeah, I like that's brilliant. That's fucking brilliant. Actually, it's a shame it keeps coming back to the emergency pod. <laughs> but, uh, I referenced one of Wayne Rooney's recent team talks in that pod. <laughs> I have a really small dick, and it never stopped me. Yeah, that was part of his uh, thing. Yeah. Keep it, keep it in moving. Uh, well, great, great hey, points for Dom Arigato, Mister Ganato. Uh, I probably would have went that route, but that's yeah. just me. Great points for Villa leads uh, like everybody else from 14th down. It's you're one loss away from being in last place yep. now. You're one loss away, and. Goal differential means something. That's the means one. A fuckload. It's the one fucking sliver of hope I think I'm hanging you, on is my for club. the first time. I think you could see two or three teams stay up solely on goal difference. I would not deny that one bit. There is um, a a stark stark difference now. I think we can almost give it probably one more season. We may be able to start talking in terms of a top eight or a top nine now. Yeah. 
and any of those teams could finish there. The Seagulls dominated the Reds. It was it wasn't even a fucking contest. Like the first half was back and forth, but but the minute they came out, uh, we talk about the bad uh, halftime talks. Um, Deserby said something, and whatever it was, fucking worked because Sully March within twelve minutes had him up fucking two nothing. Yeah, like he was excellent. Sully March was amazing. excellent. Um, <clears throat> do you remember? When Danny, was it Danny Welbeck or Ashley Young? I think it might have been Ashley Young, actually. Mm-hmm. They were playing somewhere. I don't think it was at Brighton, though. They were playing somewhere, and a seagull, they were near the sea, and a seagull shat over the stadium, and it fell in Ashley Young's mouth. Oh, do you remember this? No, I do This not. is a couple years ago. Yeah, seagull shat in his uh. mouth. Mel, Google it. It's out there. Promise. Um, In this situation, the seagulls were the seagulls, and Liverpool were Ashley Young. Yeah. And Brighton just took a big old shit right in their mouth. They and, were terrible. Uh, and Liverpool, they had no drive, no nothing. They looked a shell of themselves. Uh, the kid. Brighton had, Brighton had 60% possession. The kid, Ferguson, again, led for the assist for uh, one or two Sully March goals. Mm-hmm. And then you get well back, back, healthy, scoring a goal. And him being an old United boy. Oh, that had to feel real fucking good oh, to yeah. put one and away. And the composure with which he took it. Mm-hmm. What a touch that was to pop it over Matip and then finish, uh, adjust his body and finish. It was excellent from Welbeck. They also did this, remember, without Trossard because he's had a bit of falling out with Deserby. Yeah. And fuck Mudrick. Yeah. The unproven Shakhtar Donetsk player that was making 5,000 euros a week mm-hmm. up until Chelsea just blew their load all over for no reason. Right. And said, here, take 200,000 quid. Right. Um, I think Arsenal should be going in for a 25 million or 30 million pound fee for Leandro Trussard, who him and Deserby don't get along now. And we get a proven Premier League player who can play all three positions up front. And will take about one hundred twenty-five thousand a week. And here's the thing with uh, with Trussard too, out of contract at the end of the season, which is why we can get him for cheaper. Yeah, that we'd pay eighty million for him. I'm sure if he had three years left on his deal. Yeah, but he doesn't. Mm-hmm. So we could probably get him for twenty-five, and they could at least get something for him. <laughs> exactly I right. Don't, that, that's not a bad shout. Exactly right. And you heard it here first, folks. Okay, keep okay, it. Do rolling. I look like the guy from Ancient Aliens yet? Yeah. Keep keeping it rolling. <laughs> Forest seven points in the last three matches for them. A draw that, that could be the last wins. seven points they get for the rest of the season. <laughs> well, I'm joking, but, I'm joking. They still have to play you. But we've also been him, yeah, at, and in their building, so we're definitely losing that one. Yes, it worked. The long Just kicking him while he's the down. long play. Again, if I if if I don't take it, I'm a fucking hypocrite. I it's I I get it. I, I know how it. much it hurts to have your team flounder. Yeah, it, and we did. Just so the folks know, we did. I yeah. talked to you earlier. Mm-hmm. I said, you know, I'm going to poke fun at you, right? Uh, you I told okay? you. I told you. Give it to me. I deserve <laughs> Houston, it. Houston, you were very kind when Villa was facing relegation. So I will return the favor. Well, I also think I recall. Maybe. I think I recall last season she started to make a joke about relegation, and I looked right at her and I go, "Do you want there to be a fucking fight in this house?" And she was like, "Oh, oh, okay." I was like, 
one thing on show. All show, not fucking funny. <laughs> oh, yeah. I had to. When the mics are on, we can say a lot of shit we can't normally say, yeah. which is weird. Are the we mics go off weird. Because <laughs> as, a, as a middle-aged white man, in real life, there's a lot of things I can't say anymore I used to be able to say. Oh, yeah. I had to shut down my mom for JK, JK. Here's, here, keep, keeping it rolling, kids. The, here's the thing with Forrest. We were talking about how Forrest couldn't seem to get it together, and they had plenty of players to do it. It looks like... Cooper has started to figure out the pieces. The pieces are working. And frankly, they're still, again, a loss away from being in last place. That's what we have to remember about 14 and down. But when everybody else has been losing, a.k.a. Everton, Bournemouth. Oh, yeah, they've now put themselves in the conversation, absolutely, to stay up. But here, here's like the thing. Forest and Wolves have gotten themselves out of the fucking yep. dr- the drop. And this is so they didn't really change much. No, they just had a month off to train together. Yeah, it's really and it. big surprise. Oh, we get a proper preset because remember, they were signing people all the way up to 1159 on yeah. the transfer window closing day. And he didn't know his best 11. Uh, a lot of them don't speak English from what I understand. So there's there's been a lot of fucking back and forth and who does yes. what and where do we go and it, tinkering and trying to figure out what he's doing. It's really a baptism by fire for Steve Cooper, and he's got to figure it out. And he's with that month off, he seems to have done very well figuring it the fuck out. Yeah. Now, Foxes, we've talked about it. Morton, Gib- Morton Gibbs White was fucking excellent. By yes, the way. he was very overhead good. kick outside of the boot to Brennan John. That was fan fucking tastic. Mm-hmm. One of the best passes you'll see this season. Brilliant, hands down. The Foxes and then Dougie on Doug started off horribly. Then they hit that right. Proper mm-hmm. bit of form just before the World Cup break. And honestly, this is one of those teams where you go, the World Cup hurt them because mm-hmm. that it's they have that, that momentum. momentum and they're sliding right back in. And it's not like they got the money to bring in the pieces they need. They're, no. they're in the same boat Everton is in. They just happen to have three more points. No, two more points than Everton right now. Newcastle. That is the only difference between those two teams. Newcastle have two First team goalkeepers and one really stellar backup. Yeah. In Pope Dubravka. Well, Dubravka, I thought, is over. No, he came back. Got recalled. Yeah. Pope Dubravka, right, mm-hmm. are the two, you would say, right. easy starters in any team in a Premier League, really, mm-hmm. bar maybe two. Right. And then Darlow, yeah. who is an excellent deputy. Yeah. They don't need that many. Mm-hmm. Leicester City. Go pay the loan fee and bring someone in. Because if they got a goalkeeper, I guarantee you it wouldn't be pretty, but they'd be safer than they are. Yeah. They'd yeah. be safer than they are. They'd be in 13th place and not truly concerned with the drop. If it wasn't for Everton being such a shit show, I think there'd be a little bit more attention paid to Lester right now. Yeah, absolutely. That's 100% the case. But it's like, I mean, it, it's plain as day to see. And if you own that many fucking duty-free shops, right? you got to be able to afford a $3 million loan fee for yeah. Carl Darlow. Yeah, right for now, fuck's sake. Right now, apparently they can't. Goodness gracious. Uh, the bees make easy work of uh, of the cherries. Ridiculously boring game. Yeah. And, and, it's, and it's unfortunate. Played on a rugby pitch. It's, oh, my God. That's, that's the talking point. That uh, you could tell there were the rugby lines out. You could I tell could they hear Ben cursing into a pint of Guinness. It was just brown. Or was that his how, wife? How is then his wife like the Guinness? She stuff. She, the yeah, Guinness. she likes the Guinness. How how on earth 
you're a Premier League club. How on earth are there visible dirt spots mm-hmm. throughout the entire pitch? Yeah. I don't care what just happened. You, you are paid handsomely to make sure that, and, and you have all the modern day technology to make sure that you have mm-hmm. a good pitch. How, and a game that is the prime time game. Mm-hmm. The entire country and the entire world is Are watching, watching yeah. that match. It's terrible. Uh, so did, I'll read you my notes from start to finish, mm-hmm. okay? Because it was that boring. Uh, boring game. Yay. Tony isn't in jail yet. Good pen. Jensen, good goal. Born with suck dick. <laughs> Couldn't say it any better. <laughs> terrible. Um, Ugly win for uh, for Chelsea. Ugly win, but they needed it. God, did they need just But something. Palace weren't without their chances. Keppa was called on a yes. ton in this game. But that's, Th- Honestly, again. should have been another draw. And Chelsea, I think, count their lucky fucking stars. They took all three points here. Palace has done this now multiple times, though, where they should be the better mm-hmm. side, but uh, tail of two halves, don't get it done. It just, it's been ugly. Here's a little interesting fact for uh, Palace, uh, Mr. Graham. They don't play anybody in the lower half of the table, below them in the table. They're currently 12th until April. Mm. They got a run. That's a hellish run. Now, now I expect them to be perfectly fine because the minute they start playing the teams yeah, I mean, that they are still play, They still got to play Liverpool, don't the, they? The, the teams that are, <laughs> are currently <laughs> around them. <laughs> the teams Zing. that are below them, they're going to make easy work of. I feel like they're going to be fine, but... I think we're going to see, and I hate to make this comparison to uh, Palace supporters because they won't like it. I think we're about to see the old Brighton drop. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, it's January. Let's just go off a cliff till April, and then we'll shoot right back up and be fine. (laughs) Yeah, you're absolutely right, I think. Uh, it's, It's a pretty hellish run, but Palace, I think, are good enough with the way they play on the break and everything else, if they can keep their composure and not, you know, get two stupid reds in one single game like they did last week, <laughs> uh, they could probably take points off somebody like Liverpool if they come to town. Now, yes. if they're at Anfield, trouble. Yeah. And I'm not sure the exact schedule, but um, some of those sorts of games could be not necessarily winnable, but they can and, get some points from them. And also that and we means, talked about this with Brentford. Yeah. Uh, you know, when they're bad run, they hadn't won for a while last season when they, you know, had first come mm-hmm. up and they were they were fighting, you know, hard. Had the great win against uh, against Arsenal the first game of the season. Had the three three against Liverpool. Da, da da da. They fell off, but when they fell off, they fell off with draws, not losses. Right. And that's going to be Palace's key here. I think yeah. is just get points on the board. This is what I said to you about possibly bringing in Sean Dice, which is the big chatter. Mm-hmm. Is yeah, but all these one nils and two ones ain't going to be those. No, they're going to be one ones and nil nils. Exactly. And points on the board with how bad, as you say, 14 through 20 is points on a board is going to get you there. So before that's all you need, before we move on to the next match, hey, uh, producer Mel, real quick. You had mentioned with Crystal Palace, uh, mm-hmm. your your mom had a particular uh, thought. Oh, she was like, oh, they keep losing. We're getting relegated. I was like, stop it now. Do not make that joke in front of my husband. He might not scream at funny. you. <laughs> Only you okay. can prevent forest fires. <laughs> sure thing, Smokey. Sure thing, Smokey. <laughs> and she hasn't had any fresh air today. That's probably the problem. That is the problem. She's having withdrawal symptoms. Newcastle Dare Fulham. told me that. 
Newcastle <laughs> Fulham. Not a lot in this match to talk about, but the three things that need to be talked about are very important. The first one, Bruno Guimaraes gets hurt. And for Newcastle, it's a big deal. There's one guy you can't lose on the pitch. It's him. He's yeah, the guy. That's a big deal. He's the guy. He's the one fucker you can't afford to lose. So how long is he out for? Although although the media would say it's Kieran Trippier because mm-hmm. despite what Newcastle do, they can win 4-0, they could lose 1-0, they could draw 0-0. Kieran Trippier is always the man of the match. Have you noticed that? Yeah, he is. Well, all the what, time. Who the fuck he paid off at Budweiser? <laughs> but he is always the man of the match. And it's, I mean, Miguel Amaron will have two Two great goals or whatever. Karen Trippier, man of the match. I got it. Why? It was in the buyout clause when uh, <laughs> Mike Ashley left. He goes, yeah, if by chance you happen to sign Karen Trippier, because I've always liked the lad, and I figured I was going to sign him, but I just didn't really want to spend that kind of money. So when you bring him in, you have to make a man of the match every week. That was the buyout thing. That sounds like something that the, uh, you know, not uh, blood money, uh, you know, Saudi well, if government we're, if is. We're, if we're going to spout unfounded conspiracy theories maybe just maybe the guy in the associated press that decides upon the man of the match whoever that is got chopped up by the saudis and allegedly they they installed they installed a puppet regime that always gives it to kieran trippia beautiful (laughs) um micho can't miss penalties a normal way like he normally does he has to fuck it up even more that was funny uh, the old he rare double touch, yeah, because because he slipped, uh, and the goalkeeper actually with the way he hit it, right? He's obviously hitting it to the left hand side, his left hand side, the goalkeeper's yeah. right. But because he slipped, he kicked it into his own foot and wrong footed the goalkeeper. Yep, I think I think the goalkeeper had that covered anyway. <laughs> and if you remember last time Fulham were up, not last season but the season before, they missed a boatload of penalties that season. Yeah. And I think finally Mitro just went, fuck it, I'll do it. If we're going to miss him, I'll put it on my shoulders because I don't fucking care. Yeah, make it my problem. Right. I would honestly, he, um, I'd, you know who I'd switch to because he's missed now three this, this season? Anthony Robinson. I know, I'd switch to uh, William. William took free kicks. Yeah. He, he's a free kick guy. I I think that's he's already doubled his goal tally from his entire season at Arsenal yeah, so no far shit. with Fulham. So fuck I, him. That's, that's who I'd, that's who I'd put on it. Um, but the big the big news for Newcastle, uh, Isaac's back and mm-hmm. scores the goal. Uh, I mean, it, wasn't it was a, a great. Goal. It was, you know what it did do mm-hmm. was Isaac and um, Colin Wilson obviously can play together, which is big for it's them. huge. Colin uh, Wilson with a great adjustment uh, after I think it was a wee deflection that took the ball wide that he didn't expect, or maybe it was a bad touch by him, but he adjusted his body well got around it, and had the composure to cross to an unmarked Isaac who headed into an open net. Um, it was it was fantastic work, I think, by uh, by Callum Wilson, and it's gone kind of under-talked under about mm-hmm. from everything I've seen so far. I thought it was fantastic. And and within all that being said now, it's, you know... New but with Cap- Gimaresh gone, is the service going to be there? Right. So That's going to be the scary bit. That's the big question. Well, you and- know who they bring in? Hmm. Big John's. John Joe Shelby. <laughs> sure money. As he takes a big pull from the vape. I'm down 1,800. 
Uh, that's good. Uh, I, I'm I'm in the thousand dollar range now too. There, stud. Yeah, I had uh, I had Chelsea and Fulham to draw, and then I had City to beat United, and mm. both of them fucked up. Yeah. Um. So, uh, my cup of losers says the hood, gone hood, the hood gonna hood. Put it into the Dort Spirect cup of losers. Which is getting really full because uh, we well, lose one, a lot, and and also I never emptied it from the end of last season. Nice, so, so it's double full. At some point, the gambling gods are gonna have to smile upon us. I, I mean, I'm looking at it, the positives. I've at least won two more than you. <laughs> is that what it's gonna boil down to? Is that the tiebreaker? How many uh, bets did you actually win this season? Uh, well, but but uh, fucking. The degenerate gamblers that under it is over a G down too. So yeah, um, that's fair. For mine, I have uh, never pick bad road teams unless it's Southampton, Wolves, or Leicester at Everton. Nice, you know, because makes sense. <laughs> to be honest, my two road dogs did not get the job done, and I am now down one thousand sixty-eight dollars. Big Sam's lock of the week. Did you know, Sam, 11.764706% of the time? I can't. I don't even know what you said. <laughs> it works 100% <laughs> of the time. I've never heard of those collection of numbers and periods in the same sentence before. Quick math. That's two out of 17. Nice. I'm going to parlay a couple of favorites. I am going to say, uh, give me Brighton to beat Leicester and Villa to beat Southampton at plus 400. Villa is at Southampton, and that's why I got those odds. Okay. But that's that's what I am going with. Nice. Awesome. Good for you. Congratulations. Do we have something else? And to now do? it's time for our degenerate gambling friend Pat's pick it away. Well, if you shut the fuck up and let her produce, she'll probably hit the fucking button well, for I you. Left space and then nothing <laughs> happened. So I was wondering what was going on in her world. Okay. Is he here? Oh no, no. it's an email. We told you that pre show, pre show, pre show meeting. I he's forgot been out. That. He's been out. Uh, he's coming back from Wisp. Skiing uh, down the hills. Well, I'm down a thousand and one dollars, so he's crossed into the thousand oh, club too. Oh, also, shout out to our boy uh, Sprink, who's been working out in Colorado. Uh, uh, broke the old shoulder, old collarbone. <laughs> yeah, it was bad. Three places. Yeah. <laughs> well done, kid. Uh, the dollar being owed to Graham. Yes, Thank you very much, my crisp. I want that ironed, by the way, Patty boy. Uh, so I think I'll put a Graham style bet in this week. Five game parlay. There we go. Manchester United over Palace, City over Tottenham, City again over Wolves, Brighton over Leicester, and Liverpool over Chelsea. That pays off at $995 on a $100 bet. By this time next week, I'll only be $5 down. Easy money. You guys have a great week, and I'll talk to you in two weeks. I actually don't mind his bet, other than Tottenham loves to fuck with fucking City's world. I know. They love to fuck with City's world. I know, but they're so bad at and, the moment. And also, City's now lost a few. Like, I have a feeling City's going to hurt somebody real bad. Somebody going to get hurt <laughs> yeah. real bad. Yeah. <laughs> Which brings me to my next bet. Mm -hmm. Also a five-game parlay. Here we go! Back in. Could not refuse. As we said this past weekend, mm -hmm. last week. Good odds. Good odds this week. Yeah. I've actually already placed this exact bet. For reals? For reals. Nice. With the it. old tenor on it. Nice. Okay? I've got Newcastle over Palace, Villa over Southampton, Brighton over Leicester, City over Tottenham, and United over Palace. That's not a bad bet. Plus 2,148. Woo! 
So for the show, obviously hundred bucks for me, ten ten dollars mm-hmm. uh, in real college tuition, and uh, mm-hmm. I'm going to be the proud owner of two hundred one hundred or two hundred one hundred. I'm going to be the proud owner of two hundred and fourteen American dollars. Fucking I think is, at the end of the week, and I will be fucking three hundred dollars in the clear. I think yeah. something's going to get fucked off in there. Uh, I don't see it. Please don't let it be the Villa Southampton because I need that one to hit from me. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, that was pretty good. You know who keeps winning? Well, they didn't win this week, but they win more than we do. Fucking chicken. The chicken. Well, Kitty got a bad beat with a city match, so she sits at ten and eight. So this yeah, that week, was that was definitely not all. He was he was off sides. I gave Kitty litter litter pool littering pool when uh-huh. being Chelsea. Words are fun. Yeah, well, Kitty pool does works. need litter. Now, Kitty showed me a video of Liam Neeson giving a team talk to Jurgen's boys in a training session. Had something to do with a particular set of skills that he possesses and mm-hmm. how it might make things difficult. His beloved Liverpool don't start winning. Uh, very true. He does possess a certain set of skills, Mr. Graham. Now, I don't know about you, but Kitty knows not to fuck with Liam Neeson. And so she is taking Liddy Pool to beat Chelsea. We're going to stick with that. huh? That's how we're rolling. You we're know, my philosophy, it. when in doubt, make it a bit. You know, uh, Mr. Graham, when we did the... I remember when that movie Taken came out. You and I already knew the punchline, mm-hmm. and we had your first wife sitting on one side of you, and my wife sitting on the other side of me. So you and I could sit together, and I believe we held hands and we're smacking each other's knees as he did the speech. Good, he's doing the speech. He's doing the speech. Yeah. Do you know what else Liam Neeson wants you to do? What's that? Gamble legally and responsibly. Impossible. Championship corner. I've fallen, and I can't get up. No. You know what else he wants you to do? What's that? Have hot chicks like Olivia Wilde tie his shoes for him. Yeah. That's a thing. That happened mm-hmm. once. Yep. And it was photographed. It was pretty fabulous. Pimp move. Well, that's how he rolls. All right. Rotherham. <coughs> Throwing up their hat to be spoilers. 4-0 over Blackburn on Saturday. Bristol City 4-2 over Birmingham. Burnley uh, 1-0 win over Coventry, which again, I'm sure was... A barn burner of a match. Cardiff and Wigan 1-1. A good result for Cardiff, who, by the way, are in, quote-unquote, active talks to try to bring Neil Warlock out of retirement. Oh, no, they should. That'd be his third time coaching them, right? Please do it. so fabulous. Pay him anything. Please. (laughs) Uh, Hull and Huddersfield play to a 1-1 draw, which I'm sure was exciting for everyone except for those in attendance. Uh, West Brom 3-2 over Luton. Borough 1-0 over Millwall. (laughs) Norwich City 4-0 over Preston, uh, stretching their legs a bit after getting rid of Dean Smith. Uh, The old Aston Villa um, uh, clap. Reading QPR 2-2. Sheffield United 3-1 over Stoke. Uh, They were at home, though, so they didn't do it in Stoke. Mm-hmm. Still got question marks over them. Yeah, no. Got to do uh, it in Stoke to be, a, to be considered <laughs> to a, be real, a real team. Swansea 3-1 over Sunderland. And Watford 2-0 over Blackpool. That all happened on Saturday. And that's <clears throat> all that happened. Mm-hmm. So we go to your table. Burnley are on top firmly. Five-point lead, 59 points, plus 28 goal differential on 27 games played. The entire top seven, by the way, have all played 27 games. Um 
Sheffield United in second place on 54. Watford uh, in third on 43. So another big gap now, 11 points on the same number of games played. Those top two seem to be pulling away. Oh, yeah. And while it would be, I, I obviously, I'm going to preface this next statement. I really don't want to see Everton go down. Right, of course. The, the refreshing, quote-unquote, bit of it, would be three clubs that are typically up here, right? Right mm-hmm. now, Southampton, Everton, West Ham are in the relegation zone. They're typically in the Premier League. Not often do they go down. Right. So to have three teams stay up that were promoted and then three new teams come in again is a shakeup that would actually be kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. However, two of those teams seem to be Burnley and Sheffield fucking United. Who were just recently up. Don't care. Yeah. So now I'm actively rooting for them to change the rules and there'd be no relegation for one season. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Like I said, Watford uh, in third on 33. Middlesbrough are up in fourth on 42. Tied with them on points is Blackburn on 42. Because of that recent result, though, minus four goal differential now. Mm -hmm. Uh, That could come into play, especially in their seeding in the playoffs uh, when it comes to that. West Bromer in sixth on 41. Norwich in seventh. Uh, on 39 now tied with them both uh tied with them i'm sorry are millwall and luton both on 39 but both of them have only played 26 games mm-hmm. so they both have a game in hand so somebody could jump and depending on how much they win by norwich with a plus seven millwall with a plus five Middlesbrough up in fourth on 42 points at a plus nine. So depending how much they win by, they can go for Millwall could go realistically from eighth to fourth in one match. Wow. If they win four nil. Right, right. You know, or five nil rather. It's or whatever. That's not happening. No, of course not. But that's Norwich might. They just had a four niler. Yeah. Right. Um, and then you have Luton Town rounding out kind of the those those top spots in ninth, also on 39 points. Um, also having played uh, the, the 26 games, obviously, which we just spoke about. Mm-hmm. Sunderland on 38, but they have played 27 games uh, in, in 10th place there. Oh, we go down to the, they only have 534 more matches to play. So yeah, Sunderland so it's fine. Right. There's still a lot of movement that could happen. Mm-hmm. We go down to the bottom of the table, and you've got Wigan Athletic uh, in 24th place, the foot of the table on 25 points with a maximum 27 games played. Blackpool, 27 games played on 26 points. Huddersfield, 26 games played on 26 points. And Cardiff, 27 uh, games played on 29 points. So uh, Stoke, 20th spot, 27 games played, minus eight goal differential, 30 points. Mm. So you get two two games. Yeah, They're firmly in the thick of it there. Well, and you Wigan also and have Rotherham, Wigan and Blackpool, and Rotherham are the three sides that just recently got promoted. So, hearing that a couple of them are down, and also good news on Huddersfield Town to they've been in the bottom of the table for a while. So, the fact that they're now in in twenty second, uh, they're still in the relegations. It's better. It's better. Yeah, it's much better but, for them, and also but devastating for Stoke. In twentieth place, if they go down to League One, that's a city that may never recover. Yeah, and a name and a name that you uh, didn't mention that has uh, clearly righted the ship from when they finally got rid of old uh, Brucey boy is uh, West Brom. It's His, West Brom in sixth. I talked about them. Yeah, they they've really figured well, forty one points. They have figured it the fuck out. They yeah. are flying right. Well, now. big surprise. They finally worked off all the extra weight from the sausage roll. Yeah, precisely. That's how it works. Excellent. Well, uh, that's going to wrap it up, boys and girls. Sammy, any parting words this week? 
No, not really. Um, you know, just if you're going to come out of the stands, don't kick a professional footballer. Yeah, exactly. Mel, was there anything left from the uh, from the chat? Anybody talking? Any questions? No? Okay. Excellent. Thanks for joining us. Next up is injury time. We're going to preview the weekend's action. We're going to talk about the beers we've been drinking, uh, checking on our fantasy and our adopted clubs. Should somebody want to uh, find injury time, Sam, how do they go about doing that? It's easy. Once again, it's patreon.com backslash do football show. We have one sweet, easy to use $5 tier uh, where you can get all of our extra content. So check that out uh, as soon as you can. Love it, love it. And uh, if you're new to the show, please reach out. We'd love to hear what you thought. And uh, we love interacting with everybody. If you have questions, no questions are stupid. We we love we love having a conversation. We love welcoming in new footy fans to the sport. You know, it's we want we want uh, no fucking gatekeeping here. We actually like and enjoy bringing people in. And be on the lookout for more halftime check-ins over the weekend. I'm going to make now, sure that I keep with that. That being said, once you're here, you need to develop thick skin because I will give you some shit. And Sam, your performance tonight is much like Frank Lampard. Mm-hmm. We had a lot of interaction in the first half of the show. But since halftime, it's been dog shit. Yeah. Good night, everybody. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Till next week. Born in the land of Bowie, Maryland. Bred to be a fan of fucking Everton. Punch you in the eye and drink your rye. Sam Houston. Sam Houston. Arsenal fans have another Sam. Right AA, the fucking Gooner Graham. Snow the Malort. Look straight in shorts. Sam Graham. Sam Graham. Hit the fucking new button!